Recently, I was at a conference where you had an evening of worship, and so I was in this worship service. I was standing about the second or third row, and I was looking up on the stage, and as I looked to my left, there were some risers on the stage where a choir was singing, and then you had drums and the orchestra to the right, and the praise team in front. And I was just watching it all unfold as I was singing, and there was a guy in the choir that caught my attention. And the reason he caught my attention is because he was moving much more than anybody else in the choir. And he was moving and swaying back and forth. I realized this guy is blind. And he is just up there and he's singing and he's raising his hands. And he's, he is totally into this. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, this guy who's blind up there singing to the Lord is completely abandoned to worship the Lord in this moment. And it just might be that in this moment he sees more clearly than I, I see. And I was so encouraged in that moment of watching him worship the Lord to worship the Lord. And to cry out, Lord, I want to see you like that man. And worship you with abandon. And this morning when I arrived, I began to pray and ask the Lord for guidance to preach a message to you. You know what came back to my mind this morning as I was praying that story? About seeing that man who saw Jesus and wanting to be a man who saw Jesus more clearly. And my prayer this morning for all of us is that we would see Jesus clearly. That seeing him would affect our very lives as we leave this place today. And I just hope that you will with me join in praying and asking the Lord, Lord, I want to see you. So much so that my life is caught up in worshiping you with abandon. Living my life fully for you. I don't know if you realized it when you woke up this morning and you started to come to church that this moment was a moment where God planned to meet with you. To reveal himself to, to us as a church family. And that's going to happen this morning as we open God's word and we look into revelation because Jesus has given us a revelation of himself. And so this morning, by reading God's word together, we're going to walk through an opportunity that each one of us has to see Jesus. And my prayer is that as we see him, we will not leave here the same as when we came in. So let's look at Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2, starting in verse 18. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, The Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and his feet are like burnished bronze. Remember that Jesus wants us to first see who he is so that we are prepared to hear what he has to say. And the church at Thyatira needed to see 
a vision of Jesus Christ that John is now giving us an idea about back in chapter 1. Jesus reminding the church, this is what I want you to see about me that you need from me right now. I'm the son of God. There's no one like me. I am the Messiah, the Christ. I am the son of God. And my eyes are like flames of fire. I see everything. I see your thoughts. I see your intentions. I see your actions. There is nothing about you that is hidden from me. Jesus says, my feet are like feet of bronze. This picture of the irrevocable judgment of Christ, that he is just and holy. And because he knows all things, his judgments are always right. He wants the church at Thyatira to know, I see everything about you. And I will render judgment on the basis of all I see. And my judgment will be correct. He wants the church to see this so that they will listen and respond to what Jesus says. And this is what he says. I know your deeds and your love and faith and your ministry, your service and your perseverance and that your deeds of late are greater than at first. Jesus says, I see everything about you and I want you to know what I see. I see that you are full of love and faith and ministry to others and steadfastness. You're not giving in, you're hanging in there. I see all that you're doing and I want you to know that I recognize what you've been doing recently is a lot better than what you used to do in the past. You've been growing. I recognize that you're growing and you're going in the right ways, in the right situations, in the right characteristics. You're growing in faith and love and perseverance and ministry. I recognize this about you. He says, but I also see some other things going on in you. And this is what he says. But I have this against you. You tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess. And she teaches and leads my bondservants, my slaves, astray, so that they commit sexual immorality. And they eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent and she does not want to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her on a bed. It's implied here a bed of sickness. And those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of her deeds. And I will kill her children with, and it literally says, I will kill her children with death. Your translation may say the plague or pestilence. 
And all the churches will know that I am he who searches the minds and the hearts. And I will give to each one of you according to your deeds. He says, this is what I see that needs fixing. This is what I see that you need to do. You are tolerating the woman Jezebel. Now, I don't know if that's really her name or if it's an allusion to the Old Testament character Jezebel. But any way you slice it, it's not good. And honestly, I don't know of anybody who knew the Old Testament character Jezebel who would name their kid Jezebel. I'd be like naming your kid Lee Harvey or something like that. I mean, you just wouldn't do that. So Jezebel's not a good woman. She is a self-proclaimed prophetess. She's saying, I have direction from God for the people of God. And she's lying. And she's leading the people of God into sexual immorality and idolatry. And Jesus says to the church, you guys are doing great. You're doing wonderful. You're growing. You're doing so many things well. But this is what I have against you. I want you to do something about Jezebel and those who are following her. See, the implication here is that the problem you have right now are that you, is that you are tolerating this woman and what she's doing in the church. He wants the church to do something about it. Now think about our church and our lives and how we might hear what Jesus is saying to our church through what Jesus said to the church at Thyatira. And it just might mean for you and me today that we're hearing Jesus say, don't tolerate what is in your life that is the greatest threat to you remaining faithful. See, in the church in Thyatira, they were letting this woman be in the church, and she was the greatest threat to the faithfulness of the church. And she was leading some astray. And Jesus says you should not allow someone like that to continue to function like that in the church. Let's think about our own lives. What we need to make sure we do in our own lives is not to allow anything to remain in our lives, not to tolerate anything in our lives that is a great threat to our faithfulness to Jesus Christ. Certainly in the church, we should have pastors who oversee and help and lead and guide so that we all know that there's something happening in our church that's a threat to the faithfulness of the body of Christ to Jesus Christ and his word that the leaders of the church should be about making sure that that threat is removed. So if you've got a faithful church leadership who's saying we're not going to tolerate a threat to the faithfulness of God's word, then we as the people of the church must also in our lives say, I am not going to allow in my life a threat to remain that threatens my faithfulness to Christ. Do you know what those things are in our lives? You can categorize them, categorize them into a category that's described as things done oftentimes in secret. Things that we do that if other people were watching us do them, we know that we would be ashamed and embarrassed 
of that kind of activity. Now it's interesting that Jezebel's leading people in the church into sexual immorality and some form of idolatry that is associated with that activity. And you think about that, that's done in places of darkness and secrecy. You think about your own life, what is it in your life that you are doing in a way that is secretive? That's in the darkness. I can tell you right now, if you have anything in your life that you're, spou- that you're keeping from your spouse, that you're keeping from anyone knowing that you're involved in it, I can tell you right now, that activity, no matter how justified you might think it is, is a great threat to your faithfulness in Jesus Christ. Oftentimes the things that we're doing in secret that we know are wrong or we simply know there's a better way to be living my life than this. Jesus brought this situation to the light for the church at Thyatira. These actions and this threat done in the darkness was brought to the light. And I want to encourage you that if you're going to stop tolerating the threats that exist in your life, then what you need to do is bring those threats that exist in your own life and heart to the light. You need to tell somebody about it. Hey, here's where I'm struggling. Here's, I need you to know what's going on in my life. I don't want to have anything in my life that's secretive. I want to make sure that somebody's walking with me in this area of my life that is a threat to my faithfulness to Jesus Christ. This is my Jezebel, a voice crying out in my mind saying, it's okay to do this, it's okay to do that. And you are doing the very thing that's distancing your life from the grace of Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you, bring it to the light and tell somebody about it. Confess it to Jesus Christ and get somebody to walk with you. If you need motivation to do this, just remember who Jesus is. He is the one Son of God who has flames like He has eyes like a flame of fire. He sees everything we do. He knows the thoughts and intentions in our hearts. And he no longer wants us to be a people who tolerate the threat against our faithfulness that we often keep in secret. He wants us to call out that threat in our own hearts and lives and get it out. He wants us to change. You think about what Jezebel and all her followers were doing. Jesus says, I know what they're doing. I see everything. And here's the thing. I've, I've given them one opportunity after another to repent, but they don't want to repent. She's not interested in repentance. And if those people of my church who are following her don't repent as I'm offering them opportunities to repent, I'm going to bring tribulation to their lives as if to rescue them through that difficulty. But what would be far better is for the church to go ahead and step into this situation and call these people back to me and get rid of the threat against their faithfulness and rescue them before tribulation comes. Jesus wanted them to be rescued and he needed the church to rescue the people. I want to tell you there are people around you and they're doing things in their life that you may not see, but you can see the effects of some of those secret threats to their faithfulness. And they need somebody to come alongside them and give them an opportunity to get out of what Jesus Christ says is coming. 
Here's what's coming for Jezebel and her followers. Death is coming for them. What does that really mean? I want you to look with me over to Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. For he will be like a bush in the desert and will not see when prosperity comes, but will live in stony waste in the wilderness, a land of salt, Without inhabitant, without life. Verse 7, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes. But its leaves will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought nor cease to yield fruit. You know why death was in store for the Jezebel and all her followers? Is because when you purpose your life to be in the opposite direction of Jesus Christ, you reap what you sow. And Jesus tells us, if you don't follow me, what the outcome of your life is going to be, no matter what it is, it's going to be death. You don't follow God, the outcome of that endeavor of life is death. And Jesus is telling Jezebel and the followers here through the church, if you keep living this way, you're going to get exactly what you're living for. If you pursue emptiness, you are going to actually get emptiness. If you pursue vanity, you will discover your life was in fact in vain. If you pursue the things that bring death, you will find yourself dead. But there's a better way. And Jesus has been offering it time and time again. Come back to the way of life. If you are not getting rid of the areas of your heart, your thoughts, and your life that are a threat to your faithfulness in Christ, don't be surprised when you reap what you've been sowing. It's far better, it's far better to respond to God's gracious invitation to repent and instead reap life in the place of death. That's the first thing that he wanted the church to do. Now let's look at the second thing. Back in Revelation. Chapter 2. Verse 24. But I say to you, the rest who are in Thyatira, who do not hold fast this teaching, who have not known the deep things of Satan as they call them, I place no other burden on you 
Nevertheless, what you have, hold fast until I come. He who overcomes and he who keeps my deeds until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of the potter are broken to pieces. As I also have received authority from my father and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He says, here's what else I want you to do. I want you to hold fast to what you've been doing. Now, what did he tell them in the beginning? He said, this is what I see. I see your love, your faith, your ministry, and your perseverance. And you've been doing better every single day along the way. He says, hold fast. Hold fast. Keep it up. Be an overcomer. Keep my works. He's just telling them to keep clinging to what they've been doing. You think about how in the world do we respond to what Jesus Christ is saying right here in our own lives? It's right here in this passage. The first way that we want to make sure we're a people who holds fast is we have got to agree with what this passage reveals about Jesus. Jesus wants us to hold fast. I hope you're encouraged by that. Because he didn't want you to hold fast, you wouldn't be able to do it. But the fact is, he wants you to hold fast. The reason I know that is not just because he's saying to the church at Thyatira, I want you to do what's right when there's an area of something that's wrong. But I know it because of what he's done in Jezebel's life. I mean, she's the worst of the worst. A self-proclaimed prophetess stepping into the church of the living God and leading astray the servants of Jesus Christ to their own demise because sin always brings destruction. That woman who is destroying the flock of God in Thyatira, God has offered an opportunity to repent again and again and again. God wants Jezebel to make it. And if God wants Jezebel to make it, I can guarantee you there's not a person in this room that God does not want to make it. He wants you to make it. You got to believe that. You got to believe that if Jesus Christ went after somebody that bad, certainly he's coming after me. He wants you to make it. But here's the thing you can't make it if all you're doing is trying to make it because you're not good enough to make it. You know, in this account, at the church at Thyatira, nobody is perfect except Jesus. Jezebel's doing bad. Her followers are doing bad. The church is not doing good enough. They still need to change. They still need to grow. And Jesus is calling them to keep his works as opposed to being deceived into thinking that any other works will bring satisfaction in life. Here's the thing, 
Jesus wants you to make it. But if you think that's what, that that means that you're supposed to try harder, to do better, to be a better person so that Jesus sees all that you do that's good and says to you, you're now doing good enough. Notice, Church of Thyatira is doing really good, but Jesus did not say you're doing good enough. He said, I love what you're doing and you're doing it well, but I still need you to grow because here's the thing, you're never going to be good enough. And so I just want to keep helping you grow as a reminder that it was never about you being good in the first place. It's always been about my goodness extended to you in the reality of Jesus Christ dying on the cross. You know, there's a time when a group of people came to Jesus and they said to Jesus, you know, what are we supposed to be doing to get eternal life? See, Jesus had previously said to them, hey, stop working so hard to get food that doesn't last. What you ought to be doing is working to get food that brings eternal life. They said, well, tell us what the works of God are to get eternal life, and we'll do them. And this is what Jesus said. Here are the works of God to believe in me. That's what Jesus said. The works of God are to believe in Christ. Why? Because Christ did all the work by going to the cross, overcoming our sin, rising from the dead, so that on the basis of his work and his work alone, we might receive forgiveness of our sins and the righteousness of God given to us. It's on the basis of Christ's work. And so what we need to do is keep the works of Christ first by believing that the work of Christ is the reason I make it at all. Jesus wants me to make it. If he wants Jezebel to repent, he wants me to repent. And the only way I can make it through is because Jesus Christ accomplished the one work that brings me through. And I got to keep trusting him. And in that trust, every single day, Do you know what God wants to work out in us? As we trust Christ and his work on the cross to be sufficient for all we need in God, then we will find that trust in Christ working itself in our life in the area of faith, love, ministry, and endurance. So that we will be able to say as we walk with Christ, you know what, today... I'm doing a lot better than I was five years ago because the work of Christ is working itself out in me as I keep trusting in the sufficiency of Christ in my standing before the one who sees everything that I am. So just think about your own life. How are you doing in the area of loving God? He wants you to love him more today than you did last month. He wants you to make it. I just, it just might be that this morning he's wanting to share something with you about that area of your life that maybe you don't see, you don't know yet, and he's ready to speak to you. You've been doing good when it comes to loving me, but I want to help you grow some more today. That's what happened to me this last week when I was sitting there watching that blind man worshiping. The Lord says, you know, you're doing good in your life and worshiping me, but I'd like you to see me more like that man sees me. Will you just listen to me and let me help you? Are you trusting him? 
the way that you ought to think about this is today I want to do better than I did yesterday. So what I want to do today is just take a step forward towards the Lord, knowing he wants me to make it, that his work is sufficient for me making it, and he has a plan for my trust in him working itself out in me so that today I trust him a little better than I did yesterday. I just want to get to the end of the day. I want to trust him more. So when I start my day tomorrow, I'm just going to say, Lord, I want to trust you today better today than I did yesterday. So I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, Lord, today, no matter what happens, good or bad, I'm still going to trust you. No matter how I feel, if I feel rotten by the end of the day, if nothing went right and I'm emotionally drained, I get sick because the sickness and illness is going around and I feel terrible at the end of the day. You know what, Lord? I'm going to keep trusting you because today I want to trust you more than I did yesterday. Lord, today I want to serve someone. I want, to, I want to show someone the love of Christ better today than I did yesterday. You know, yesterday I didn't really think about other people like I needed to. And now you're telling me, yo, I'm doing all right, but I, you want me to do better. And I'm going to trust in the work of Christ for my standing before you and the fact that you see everything that I need to work on and that you're here to help me grow and become a little better. And so today, I want to love somebody better today than I did yesterday. Lord, I want to hang in there no matter what, better today than I did yesterday. I just want you to help me move forward, to hold fast, to overcome. And Jesus tells us our reward. If we live our lives like that, he tells us our reward. And because he tells us our reward, we should live every day expecting the reward of Christ. Lord, I'm going to strive for you today because of the sufficiency of Christ. And I know you see all and you see me more clearly than I see myself. And you know all the deficiencies that exist in me. You know all the shortcomings that are in me. And by trusting in the sufficiency of Christ, you have forgiven me of all that I've failed. And you're going to lead me forward every day. So at the end of the day, I can be closer to you than I was the day before. And Lord, as you do that, I'm going to expect your reward. And here's what Jesus says it is, the authority over the nations. You know what Jesus just said? I'm going to bring you onto the right side of judgment so that you have nothing to fear and you will experience and taste my victory forever. This is the authority the Father gave me to rule judgment over all and to render right judgment in all. And I am giving that authority to you so that you experience my victory forever. You should expect the victory of Jesus Christ overcoming everything it is in us and about us that might stand contrary to walking by faith in Christ. Jesus has promised us his victory. And he said, I'm going to give you the bright morning star. What is that? Well, it remains somewhat of a mystery until you get to Revelation chapter 22, verse 16. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 16, Jesus said, I am the bright morning star. Do you know? Do you know your reward? Your reward is Jesus himself. And there is frankly no greater reward that could ever be offered to us except 
Jesus himself and he says to you, you hang in there and you trust my work on the cross for you and you keep on letting me change you every day and you don't give up and you know what I'm gonna give you? Everything your heart desires. Everything you need and want in this life, I will give you in myself because every longing in you for anything on this life is a longing for me. Everything you want today, if you get it, will leave you wanting. Because the only thing that really satisfies you is the one thing I made to satisfy you. It's me. Jesus Christ is going to give us himself. He is our great reward. He wants you to make it. You, you know what, what happened with the church of Thyatira? They thought they were doing good, and they were. But they needed to confess a sin in their lives. And they didn't. But Jesus came, and he said to them, I agree with you that you're doing well. But it would be a really good idea if you confess this sin to me. And you chose to follow me. Because the reward is too great to forfeit over continuing just to do well by your own standard. I see everything about you. And I'm ready to help you move forward towards a greater reward. Won't you trust me that I can see you clearly and I know how you need to grow? Will you trust Jesus and what he's saying right now to your heart and how he's showing you how you need to respond? Will you trust him?